The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with my new buddy, Trey Hill, and he's going to be co-hosting the show with me. BSPP is a show where we put our credibility on the line each and every week to bring our best guesses for NBA outcomes. Here's how it works. Each host starts the season with 100 creds, and we place wagers on game outcomes, player props, futures, and much, much more. We'll also be bringing on guests and spotting them 100 creds so they can play along. For many of our bets, we'll be using real-life odds found at sites such as PointsBet, MyBookie, FanDuel, Sportsbook, and more. And, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, at BSBP underscore NBA, if you want to follow us along and, and see when our shows drop. And you can view all of our open bets there as well. Transparency is really key. Transparency is really key for us because at the end of the season, we want to be able to look back and pull receipts for all those right calls we're going to have. <laughs> also, at any point in the show, uh, someone can call a, a BS on someone else, and then we can come with a come up with a bat on the spot. So we're thankful for uh, Hoopball giving us this opportunity. You can find our pod and many more wonderful pods at Hoopball.com. That's Hoop-Ball.com, or anywhere you go to download podcasts. So, Trey, I've been talking for a minute. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people about yourself? Uh, you know, I know we did this before in our demo, but just our first official show, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. My name is Trey. I've been a basketball fan my whole life. I come from a small town that worship from Indiana, uh, basically a small town on the border of Indiana. that We worship basketball just like in the movies. And it's just been a passion of mine. I've found that I've had a little success betting this last year. And so I thought it would be fun to put my money where my mouth is and have some of these takes have some stakes. <laughs> Perfect. And my name is Keith Cork. I'm the, I'm the host here. I played uh, bat- basketball through high school, um, played varsity all four years. Um, my The highlight of my basketball career was being blocked by Jeffrey Jordan at the five-star basketball camp. So that tells you about how good, as good as I was in my playing career to have my uh, high point being blocked by somebody. But anyways, uh, yeah, I've been a Bulls fan since the second three, Pete, and I've uh, you know written for sites like Fan Sided, Hootball, and Razball. Uh, so you can find my work out there. And I've been with Hootball for um, definitely a, about a year now, and uh, I'm excited to get this going, man. So we're going to open the show here with a segment we like to call Better's Remorse. And in this segment, we're actually going to recap some bets, uh, see you know resolve some bets and see how they turned out. But uh, we don't actually have anything resolved, obviously, because nothing's happened yet. But I can go ahead. We don't have too many bets out there. I'm going to go ahead and let you know what we already have on the table here. I personally have uh, Ben Simmons playing his first game for the Portland Trailblazers at a plus 1,000 there, um, which I, you know I'm, I'm kind of excited about. I think that's still a pretty good bet. And then uh, we also have a couple BS bets against each other, some gentlemen's bets, where I've got Jalen Green averaging under 20 points per game, and uh, Trey over there has got uh, Jalen Green averaging over 20 points per game, and then I've got Jalen Green uh, winning the Rookie of the Year, and he's got Cade Cunningham winning the Rookie of the Year. So that's all we've got open so far, just getting started with this, but I'm excited to see where everything goes. Um, and actually, Trey, I know that last um, show I was actually talking about um, you know, kind of a list of, of guys that averaged over 20 points as rookies. And I actually did go and find that so I can pull it up here and uh, we can go over that. And uh, the last the rookies to average over 20 points per game were Zion Williamson in 2920, uh, or 2019 20, sorry. Uh, Luka Doncic in 2018-19. Donovan Mitchell in 2017-18. Uh, Joel Embiid 2016-17. Uh, you got Blake Griffin in 2010-11, and you got Tyreek Evans 2009-2010. He did it as well. Um, and I think, you know, I think if you're trying to look for something that's a, a comparison with uh, with Jalen Green, uh, you could probably look at Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily as talented as Donovan Mitchell. Uh, time will tell, obviously. I don't think anyone was really high on Donovan Mitchell this first year. So, it, you know, him averaging over 20 points is pretty awesome. And then um, Tyreek Evans also is a pretty interesting name on this list. So is it possible that he averages over 20 points? I think so. What, what do you think? I'm very confident in that one. I think that's going to come through. I'm a little I, – I called you out because you had – like Jalen Green for Rookie of the Year, but thought he was going to average under 20 points. I'm a little ridiculous myself thinking Green's going to get more than 20 points and Cade Cunningham's going to win Rookie of the Year. So I'm, I must be really high on both. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible that either of us hits on both of those, which would be really cool. Um, I mean, we'll find out. Uh, time will tell, of course. But uh, that's all we've got open so far. Now it's time for the long ball, which is futures betting. And we're actually going to talk about six man of the year today, Trey. I'm excited, man. Um, there's some pretty awesome names on this list. We're going to be using my bookie out there uh, for these odds here. And uh, my bookie is the most diverse and user-friendly sportsbook out there. And I personally love their prop builder tool, which I use to build eight league, nine league, and 10 league parlays, you know, what, whatever you want. If you sign up and enter the promo code HoopBallGuys, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, you get your first deposit matched halfway up to your first $1,000. So if you put in $1,000, that means you get an extra 500. So use that promo code, get on HoopBall. But yeah, they've got some really interesting names out there for the sixth man of the year. They've got Jordan Clarkson at plus 700. He won last year. And they've got Joe Inglis at plus 750. It's kind of interesting to have two guys on the same team, uh, but they've got him on there as well. And they've got uh, Kevin Werder at plus 1200 and Derek Rose at plus 1400. Those are the four best odds uh, for sixth man of the year so far. Who do you got? You got one of those guys or you have somebody further down the list? I'm pretty high on the Utah Jazz this year. So what I'm doing is I'm actually taking – I'm going to put a unit each on Clarkson and Ingles because I'm not sure which one of them is going to win sixth man of the year, but I, I'm confident that it's going to be someone from the Jazz. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and mark that now. Sixth man for Clarkson and for Inglis, and which is good because the odds obviously work out for you. If either of those guys hits, um, you're making money. So um, perfect. And, okay. and as an extra bet, offer, I'm not putting one of our units on it, but I might throw a little side cash on it after I get a little extra on the deposit. Jordan Poole at plus 1,800. If the Warriors are good, I think the narrative could drive him, especially if Clarkson and Ingles are the two favorites, and then being on the same team splits the vote. Perfect. So we got Jordan Poole also in there. That's uh, I think Jordan. I think a lot of people are high on Jordan Poole. We were talking about that before uh, before we started here. Let's just kind of go over the last um, winners of the Six Man Award before I get, reveal my choice here. Um, we've got uh, we'll go back to 2014-15. We've got Lou Williams. We've got Jamal Crawford. Eric Gordon, Lou Williams, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and Jordan Clarkson. So, um, and actually, if you look at this list of the last, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine of them were shooting guards. So, so I'm thinking, uh, you know, and, and Joe Inglis, uh, he can he can play shooting guard essentially. So, you know, it's not a bad choice either. My choice actually, uh, Trey, is going to be Kevin Horner at 1200. Um, I think it's a great choice. I think uh, he ended up starting a lot of games last season. Um, because they didn't have DeAndre Hunter, they didn't have Bogdan Bogdanovich, so they were missing some bodies. So he ended up uh, sliding into that starting role. And Red Velvet, man, he he came through for that team. So um, he had a really good season. Now, is he as flashy and have as many points as, as some of these other guys on this list? Not necessarily. He's more of an efficiency player. So, um, you know, I, I understand this at plus 1,200 odds. I still think he's got a decent chance to win it. So I'm not going to put a unit on it. I'm not that confident about it. But I was looking at it, in, and I was just kind of saying, like, um, he started um, – was it 40? Uh, I think it was like 48 games he started out of the 69 games he played. And um, so, you know, he, he was obviously good enough to be a starter, and he's going to be slotted into a six-man role as long as they're healthy. So um, 11.6 points per game. Uh, this is what he had in the first 11 games when he was a sixth man. 11.6 points per game, 3.2 assists per game, 2.1 three-pointers per game. So not flashy numbers, but uh, I think he still has a chance. So that's my choice. He could um, definitely be the next Duncan Robinson. Yeah, like I, I, in terms of like the national uh, respect. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, these all of these awards are kind of like um, you know perception more so than anything else. So if um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about these Hawks in a little bit because we're going to get to win uh, win loss totals, <clears throat> and I'm pretty pretty high in these Hawks, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But that's that also plays a big part in this because I think that they're going to do something. Um, that's going to be really cool <laughs> this season. Uh, I'll talk about that some more. Anyways, uh, but I think that's going to play into the six-man role here, so that's part of the reason I chose Kevin Warner. But again, I'm not confident enough to put a unit on it, so I wouldn't advise anyone else to do that either. But um, yeah, a large part of the show today, we're going to be going over win-loss overs and unders, and we're going to be getting these over and, overs and unders from PointsBet. Um, we're going to be reviewing them in order of their win totals according to PointsBet. And we're going to try to get through about seven or eight teams uh, from the Eastern Conference today. And then we'll finish out the other seven or eight teams on our next show. Um, we've got the, according to points bet, the number one team in the Eastern Conference is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. And they're over under 
win total is at 56.5. Trey, what do you think, man? Are they going to go over? Are they going to go under? What are your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets? We're also going to be doing some team previews here. Let me just kind of go over what they added and, and what they lost as well in the offseason. They added Patty Mills, added Paul Millsap, added James Johnson, added LaMarcus Aldridge. They also got Javon Carter, Cameron Thomas, Jared Bembry, Sekou Dumboya, and uh, Jaleel Okafor. And they lost Landry Shamit, Spencer Dinwiddie, Elise Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, and Jeff Green. What are your thoughts there? I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to finish first in the Eastern Conference, but I think they're going to be under 56 mm-hmm. and a half wins. I, 56 and a half wins is a lot to get to, mm-hmm. and I think they saw last year – if they can get to the playoffs with healthy, with at least two of their stars, 100, you know, close to 100% healthy, they're probably the favorites in the East. And I don't see them pushing to get to 56, 57, 58 wins when they can rest towards the end of the season and go into it strong. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of there with you. I'm, I don't feel strongly enough about it that I'm going to place any um, units on it, but I do think that they're going to go over uh, the 56.5 win total. And, and here's why. They had only eight games all season last season with all three of their stars, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. They're six and two in those games, which is a 75% win percentage. It's a very small sample size, but they're a plus 38 in their plus minus in those games. I I just think that um, if they have all three of those guys healthy, they're going to probably beat that over. But I can't bank on the fact that they're all going to be healthy. Their offensive rating with all three was 119.9 without all three uh, around the season, I should say. It was 117.3. So their offensive rating predictably goes up when all three are on the floor. Um, their defensive rating was actually 114.8, uh, whereas it was 113.1 with with through the whole season, I should say. So, you know, they're actually a little bit worse with all three on the floor um, uh, defensive-wise, but it doesn't really matter because they're just so good offensively. And I think that they, you know, as far as, like, perception goes, they have something to really prove this season because last season was, was a letdown. It was a letdown because they really thought – um, you know, they had a chance to win, and then, of course, they end up being banged up and injured in the playoffs. So I do think that they're going to go over. I have them slid in for about 57 wins, so just slightly over. Um, where do you have them? If you have them under, what do you have them for a win total? I have them at 55 wins, but I'm already ready to switch it to the over from, from listening to you talk and thinking about the fact that they'll probably, in most games in the regular season, hopefully have at least two of those guys going. And if they have two of those guys going, what team are they not favored against? Yeah, and then and they lost um, Landry Shamit, which um, you know, kind of a big deal. But they got Patty Mills. I think that's an upgrade. I, I really do. I think I that is. Yeah, as far as like hitting the big time shot, you're gonna want probably Patty Mills over Landry Shamit. Um, Paul Millsap, I think, is a great get. They did lose Jeff Green. Um, I think Paul Millsap fills that role for them and he fills it just fine i think that there's not really much of a drop off there i might want jeff green a little bit more in that slot than than paul Millsap, but um i think it's similar enough that it doesn't really matter too much i think james johnson's a big a big get for them too um i've really been high on james johnson's game just as a as a guy that can do he's a swiss army knife he can do everything um he's really tall uh he he can guard one through five he can you know um he can facilitate he can shoot so i think james johnson's a little bit of an uh going to fly a little bit under the radar here, but I think that's a good gift for them. So let's move on to the second team they have over at points bet. And that is the Milwaukee bucks. And they have them slot in for 54.5 wins on their over under. Where do you have them there, Trey? I also have them under, I'm a little more confident in this one. This off season was just as short as the bubble off season. And Middleton and Holiday both also went to play in the Olympics. They, Giannis, I don't know. I mean, he looks to be 100%. He's just, like, a, invincible. But there's got to be some wear and tear on that team. They've got to be fatigued. Teams are going to be giving them – they've got the target on their backs now. Teams, when Milwaukee's in town, they're going to want to beat them because they want to beat the champs. I just – I've got them slotted at 52 wins, which is under the 54 and a half. I just – I think again. I think rest is going to be really important down the end of this, down towards the end of the season for them because they didn't get any. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. Um, and just to clarify, there were 91 days between seasons this time around, where there's going to be, I should say. Um, obviously, the season hasn't started yet. Um, it was 72 games from the bubble season to, to last season. So it's a little bit more. But like you said, they did go over and they played in the Olympics. At least a couple of their players did, uh, Middleton and, and Drew Holiday. So there's just not a lot of rest for those guys. Um, so I think they're going to struggle to come out of the gate. Um, you know, if you look at the Lakers, the Lakers won, obviously, in the bubble and had to play all the way through. And then they really struggled. Um, last season, but you know, obviously it was um, injury problems. So, can the will the Milwaukee Bucks have injury problems? What do you think? Are they going to have some injury issues this season? I don't think so, but I think that's because they'll be careful with their guys. I don't think they're, we're going to see them playing a lot of 35 plus minute games, mm-hmm. and I don't think we're going to see them playing a lot of back to backs if they can avoid it. And just to kind of um, recap uh, their offseason moves, they did add George Hill. They did add Grayson Allen. They added Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. Um, a couple other names that really aren't, aren't worth mentioning. Uh, the key losses, though, they did lose P.J. Tucker uh, and, Brian, and Brent Forbes. Those are huge losses for them, I think. Um, you know, is George Hill going to be a decent fill-in for, for Brent Forbes? No, I think Grayson Allen probably fits that a little bit better um, as a sharpshooter. Uh, Brent Forbes shot a lot of threes for them in that second unit. I think that's probably what Grayson Allen's going to do. He, did, he had a pretty good season last season from deep, so probably not much of a drop-off there, honestly. But P.J. Tucker, though, was a big part of what they did in the playoffs. I don't know if it's necessarily going to matter too much in the regular season, but I think in the playoffs they're really going to miss him. What do you think? I agree. The additions they had, I think it leans more towards my, our notion of they're going to rest their guys. It's a lot of Swiss Army army knife-type wings. Like Rodney Hood, he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, DiVincenzo will be back. Grayson Allen, like you said, he's a sharpshooter, but he he can create a little bit off. He's a, a little bit. He can do a little bit of everything. And I think it's they're gearing up for a long season, and they know like it, it's going to be a long season. And I just fifty four and a half. It's a high number. Yeah. Uh, one thing they do have going for them, though, if you are, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel strongly enough to put you down. I don't think Trey does either. So, um, you know, if you want to go with the over, one thing they have going for them on that side of the, of the ball is uh, they are 29th in strength, strength of schedule, according to, uh, to Tankathon. So, um, you know, the strength of schedule isn't very, you know, it's not a strong schedule. So they should have some pretty easy games here all season long. Um, but they, you know, one they thing- also have Giannis. They also, and they also, I mean, yeah, that's always going to be good for any over bets. Is uh, yeah, Giannis is just incredible, man. So, um, but yeah, in the, the Bucks, um, it just kind of go back to that point of the um, of, of injuries. The Bucks are the fifth oldest team in the NBA. Uh, this season, they're going to average 27.2 years of age, and, and the oldest, of course, is the Lakers at 31.5. And no one's going to touch those guys. They're just loading up on all the old veterans in the league, it seems like. But um, <clears throat> you know, the Bucks are, are actually kind of getting up there as far as uh, in terms of age. So. Uh, I don't know. It might be one of those years where they finally get some some injuries. But I do also have them actually slated in for 52 wins, which is exactly <laughs> what you have them slated in for. So for whatever that's worth, there you go. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, which are uh, third on the list here for points bet. And they are at 50.5 wins. And they added um, Andre Drummond. Jaden Springer and Georges Ning. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and a couple other names aren't really worth mentioning. And then they also they lost George Hill and Dwight Howard. Uh, 50.5 for the Philadelphia 76ers. And of course, obviously we we got to talk about Ben Simmons here. So what do you got? What, what do you got, Trey? I got the under. Mm-hmm. I got him slotted at 45 wins and sixth oh. place in the East. I. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to play. I think they're, he's going to hold out till the trade deadline at least, and then they might move him. And who knows after that? You never know with Embiid's health, and not only with his health, but if Ben Simmons isn't playing, the load's going to be that much more on Embiid. So they're going to want to give him all the rest he can get. He's probably. I'm just. I'm not high on them. I think Philly is going to take a a very cautious approach and just try and make sure they get into that top six. For defensive rating, they were second in the league. <clears throat> for offensive rating, they were 13th. I think, you know, if they get somebody that, like, I think, I still think the best name, well, obviously the best name we've all heard in trade rumors is Dame Lillard. I don't think, you and I, we've talked about this several times now. Neither of us really thinks that's a possibility for the for the Sixers. Portland's not going to like, give up Dame Lillard. I still think the best realistic name that I've heard is C.J. McCollum. And so if they get C.J. McCollum and maybe another decent player from the Portland Trailblazers, I don't know who, but somebody that's going to contribute, you know, maybe they're definitely 
I think they're definitely going to get better in the offensive rating. Don't you think they're 13th at 112.5? Do you think that'll do you think that'll make them better on offense? I do. I think it would make them better on offense. It would make them a little worse on defense, but you can hide defense a little easier in the regular season. And I'm I'm not going to place any units on this until it gets closer to the season so I can see if they trade for McCollum or not. But where it sits right now, my uh, third place team in the East, they only have 49 wins. So I have a, I have a really huge cluster of teams right there. It, it wouldn't be much for them to jump up those standings. I just 50, 50 and a half wins with the uncertainty around Ben Simmons. It's just a lot to ask for MB and the rest of that team. Yeah, I think I think and I've got the under also. Um, I've got the under. I've got them signed in for 49 wins, which is a little bit better than that you have them, obviously. But uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there, so there's no there's no way I'm putting any bets down uh, on this uh, in real life or or in this show. You know, a big thing. Uh, I think that one thing that really um, matters is how many games Embiid's going to play. He hasn't played a full season uh, ever, I don't think. Uh, 31 games, 63, 64, 51 and 51. So, um, yeah, he's never played a full season. So, uh, is this the year that he plays a full season? Um, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think look, he's ever going to play a full season Yeah. in, in the way we think about it. Cause I don't think they're going to have him play every back to back when mm-hmm. it comes to the, like, I think at the most we can expect out of him would be 70 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, I think we're both in agreement there. They're going to probably be under, uh, depending on what they get back from that Ben Simmons trade, that's going to really affect where they, they let, they wind up, I guess. So, uh, okay. Moving on to the Miami heat and they are fourth in the points bets or rankings here. And they're at 48.5 wins. They, uh, obviously added Kyle Lowry, uh, added PG Tucker, which I think is a really nice kit. Added Markeith Morris. All those are nice, uh, nice kits for them. They lost Goran Dragic. They lost uh, Andre Iguodala, Trevor Orisa, Nemanja Bjelica, if I hope I'm saying that right, Precious Achiwa, and Kendrick Nunn. So uh, lost quite a few names, but those three three names they did get are pretty nice. Where do you have them? Over or under? Before I saw the over-under, I wrote them down for 47 wins. So I've got them under. I, I feel like I'm taking a lot of unders, but <laughs> I again, I think it's the rest of Miami's an old an older team they're going to need time to gel and they don't it's not like they have excellent spacing all the way around so they can just survive on three-point shooting luck in some games while they figure it out i just i think 48 and a half wins you have to get to 49 wins for that to come through and i i don't i don't see them getting to 49 wins um, their adjusted record last season, because uh, obviously it was a shorter season with just 72 games. So if we adjust it to 82 games, they would have won about 46 games. One thing that they struggle on, obviously, I mean, their pace was 29th. They were tied for 29th in pace. So they they just they don't get the ball up and down the floor. Their offense is just stagnant at times. It's just it's hard to watch at times. They're 18th in offensive rating. But here's the thing: they took they took out Goran Dragic and they added Kyle Lowry. Does that necessarily make you better in pace and 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 in offense? And in, in on offense, I don't. I don't think it does. I no, think but I think it helps on defense. It does. It probably helps on defense. And I, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. think it. I don't think it takes away a lot on offense. I think Drogic and Lowry are both about equal playmakers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it does add on defense, and that's kind of the Miami identity: adding Tucker, having Bam, having Butler. Like you just have these defensive bulldogs around Hero and Duncan. Mm-hmm. I do think that they're uh, going to be under. I have them also sought in for 47 wins, so I'm right there, right there with you. The thing that go, does give me pause, though, and why I'm not putting an actual bet on it, is because, like I said, adjusted record was 46. They were fourth most in player days missed due to COVID last season. Uh, this is according to public.tableau.com. Uh, fourth most player days missed, and uh, fourth in most player days missed. They had eight players in the COVID protocols between 11, uh, one, January 11th and January 16th. Um, they went 0-3, and, and they had two guys on the COVID protocol through uh, the 22nd of January. So they were 2-4 and four in that span between the 11th of January and the 22nd of January. So, uh, And you have to you have to also take into effect that um, Jimmy Butler missed 20 days in the COVID protocol. He didn't look very healthy. I know everyone was on Twitter talking about how skinny he looked. But then he came out the, <laughs> the first game back and dropped 30 points. So... Did it really affect him that much? I don't know. Maybe it did. Uh, I mean, obviously, he looked, he looked a little gassed down the stretch there for him. So um, I think it's hard to overlook that. And uh, 
So, you know, that, that, does, that does give me pause. I think they do have the potential to win more games, but I think people are a little bit too high on them because uh, Goran Dragic was a big reason, was a big player for them. Uh, not necessarily last season, but two seasons ago when they you know made that bubble run to this championship. And they just don't have him uh, this year. They have Kyle Lowry now who didn't necessarily look great. We'll talk a little bit more about um, Kyle Lowry probably in our next episode. But uh, I think Kyle Lowry is probably safely on the downswing of his career. What about you? I think he's on the downswing, but I think he doesn't play with pace already. He hasn't been, he hasn't used his athleticism to excel in the league. So I, I think you're going to get about 80%, 85% of what you know, what Kyle Lowry was. And I think I'd rather have Lowry than Goron. Just I, I like the defensive potential. I don't have their shooting numbers up in front of me, but I, I feel fairly a little more confident probably with Drogic is shooting, but Lowry is shown to be clutch in the playoffs. I like the addition for him. I, I, I'm a big believer in camaraderie and a tight locker room, and Lowry and Jimmy Butler being so close is, I think that's a win. I just don't think they can get to, I don't think they get to 49 wins, I, but I think they're a threat in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're the third best team in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, I think they'll be really tough when the uh, playoffs come around. I don't know how they're going to do in the regular season. Um, I, I, I've got them slotted in, or I lean towards the under here at 48.5, but I'm not sure about that. The East uh, Eastern Conference has got a lot stronger, so I think you have to take that into account also when you're talking about any of these teams. Um, you know, it's just a stronger conference now. Um, so it's going to be tougher tougher for these teams to get wins. So, um, But I did look at the last five years here. Um, the last five years, I kind of took the average of the win totals. So for first place, it was 57.8. So that's why I've got 57 for Brooklyn. I think that they'll probably hit – maybe they'll hit that. I don't know. It depends on how healthy they are. Uh, 54.6 for second place, 50.4 for third place, 49 for fourth place, uh, which is where we are right now. So 49 wins is the average. Uh, we're saying 47, uh, 47 here for the Heat, but I don't have them in fourth. Uh, I have them at fifth in my um, – in my uh, standing. So that's 46.5 is the average for that one. So um, yeah, I think they'll probably end up around there. Um, I've also got, I think I've got, yeah, let me see here. Yeah. I've got the 76ers above them, which I, I guess you don't. So <laughs> I did not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the uh, Atlanta Hawks. 46.5 is the over under win for win total. Um, they added DeLon Wright, Gorgie Jang, Ding, uh, Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper, and they lost Tony Snell, Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and Nathan Knight. So they, they didn't lose a lot. I think that the, the names that they gained are pretty pretty good, actually. Uh, I'm really high on Jalen Johnson long term. I don't know if he's going to be good this year, but um, I think he's really athletic. He's got a lot of upside. So um, I'll pass it to you. What do you think? Over, under on the Hawks, 46.5. I have them at 44 wins. So I have them under. Uh, I think Trey Young doesn't get a lot of his points from baiting those, from getting those baited calls, but it it is going to, going to make him change his play style a little bit with the new rule changes coming in. Again, they played into the conference finals, so they they're going to have a shorter off season, and I think they're just I think I think the East has gotten really good, and I think the Hawks played a little bit better than they are last year mm-hmm. i i think trey young is is fantastic on offense i i'm down on them a little this year just because i'm so high on the rest of the eastern conference i'm gonna let you finish but oh oh no oh no my sound's off oh no i, <laughs> I knew it was but yeah i'm calling bs there you go thank you appreciate that uh bs is what i'm calling uh on the under there i i'm i'm i'm, I'm putting a unit on there over um, but yeah, I want to talk to you uh, specifically with our gentleman's bet here. So um, I think it's pretty pretty obvious here. You're going to go under 46.5. I'm going to go over 46.5. Does that sound agreeable to you? Yep, it sounds agreeable to me. Okay, so we are going to have uh, our first BS bet of this uh, episode here, and uh, we've got the Atlanta Hawks over under win totals. Um, so I think I, I really like the names they added. Like I said. I think I get what you're saying about Trey Young. I think that they also see more of the best punches from other teams uh, than they did last season. I think that's always something with the team that overachieves. Um, and we'll talk about the Knicks uh, in our next episode also. But uh, but I think that's probably something that will happen. But 
here's my bold statement for for the Atlanta Hawks. I've got them side at 50 wins, 5-0. Uh, I think that I, within, I go ahead. I need the listeners to know that uh-huh. that pause that you had before you said it, you looked around the room where there is you're taping in an empty room. And you looked around the room to see who was listening before you said they were going to get 50 wins. No, no, no. I'm confident about it. I'm confident about it. I am 100 percent. Well, I'll say 90. I'll say 85 percent confident about it. How about that? Uh, but no, I'm putting I'm, I'm confident enough to put a unit on uh, on the 46.5 over. Um, so we're going to do that. Um, and let's see, they are at minus 125 on the over. So I'm putting 1.25 units to win one. On that, and it's just another year under their belts. Um, and, and here's 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 the biggest reason why I'm going with the over here. Um, let me go back to the sheet I was on. There we go. Uh, under Lloyd Pierce, they were 14 and 20. Under Nate McMillan, though, they were 27 and 11. Uh, that coaching change was huge for them. They they just changed everything about what they were doing. And uh, you know, Nate McMillan is going to be the the coach from the start here. I Bob, think that's Bogdanovich also came back almost exactly at the same time as Nate McMillan. And I think Bogdanovich played just as big of a role as the coaching change. I not to undersell that, but having that second creator next to Trey Young was vital to that offense. And they also didn't have DeAndre Hunter all year. So they they dealt with their own, you know, injuries. I think the whole league did. So uh but I think that uh, you know, with another year under the belts, I don't think that Trey's gonna struggle to I I have been down on the Hawks before. And they continue to surprise me. So I don't think Trey's going to um, necessarily struggle as much with that rule change as people think he will. Uh, there might be an adjustment period to begin the season. But, uh, you know, when you look at the playoffs and we did in the playoffs, he wasn't really doing that stuff. He wasn't really going out there and looking for, for fouls. He was adjusting his play, which is the sign of a really good player. And, I, you know, I, I don't even like Trey Young, but I have to give him his props where it's due, I think so. I've been a, I've been a huge Trey Young guy since the draft. Coming out of college, he averaged over 10 assists in college, which is it's really hard to do. And his playmaking ability, I think it's always been a little underrated and he got to show his talent in the playoffs last year. Um for offensive rating, they were uh ninth on the season at 114.3 under McMillan, they were 8th at 115.9, so slightly better on the offensive rating. But the biggest difference was on defensive rating. They're 112. Point one, they're 18th in the league uh, on the season, but they were t- uh, 12th in the league, tied for 12th in the league uh, at 111.3 uh, during this, the period when McMillan was a coach. So um, I don't know if Bogey necessarily. I think that's more of a McMillan thing than a Bogey thing because I don't know if Bogey's necessarily a fantastic defender. But uh, I get your you're saying. I get what you're saying though about Bogey returning also. So um, if they have Bogdanovich, if they have uh, DeAndre Hunter. Uh, you know, they're going to add DeLon Wright, who I think is uh, kind of underrated. I think uh, Jane's a great uh, backup here that they're going to add. Uh, they're, they're rookies. I don't know how they're going to really contribute this season. I don't know if they're going to get a lot of run, but um, I, I'm pretty high on both of the rookies, to be honest with you. So um, if it does turn out that they get run, I think it's, that's a plus two. So I, I just I love the Hawks. I think they're going to win 50 games. <laughs> Let's move on to the Boston Celtics. And points bet has them at 45.5 wins what do you think trey are they going to go over or under it's time to talk about my young 50 win team in the boston celtics i have them going way over i'm going to put a unit on it i think i have them actually written down for 49 wins but since you put the hawks at 50 i'm going to put the celtics at 50 (laughs) there you go (laughs) and they they missed more games than any team due to COVID last year. Mm-hmm. I think the coaching change was necessary. I think getting Kimba out of there is going to unclog that offense for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And the Celtics, with without Jalen Brown, were able to get a game off of the fully healthy Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs last year. And it was all due to Jason Jason Tatum. I meant to have the Durant quote up that he had afterwards about just how amazing he was, and I couldn't find it. But I think Tatum takes a leap. I think he's in MVP consideration. Mm. And I've got them third in the East at 50 wins. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I've, I've got them under. I've got them under 45.5. So you are much higher on the Boston Celtics than I am. 
but yeah, you are right. They had 157 player days missed due to COVID last season. Uh, that's nearly 40 more days than, than the second closest team. Uh, and obviously, it really affected Jason Tatum. Um, probably m- maybe the worst in the league because he was out out for uh, 16 days in the COVID protocol. Um, but he didn't exactly look 100% when he came back. Um, I've actually got them under. I've got them at 42. I've got them way under what you have in that. Uh, and, and here's why. I'm really not sold on Marcus Smart as a starting point guard. And uh, I'm just not sure that Jalen Brown will have his legs under him right away. So I think they might come, you know, struggle out the gate. They also have that new coach in Ime Adoka. Uh, they'll have to adjust under. They've had Brad Stevens for, what, eight seasons, I think it was. Um, he's been their coach for a long time. So I think there will be adjustment period there. So I think they might struggle to come out of the gate. Um, so I've got them, uh, I've actually got them under and I've got, I'm confident enough in that, that I'm actually going to place a unit. It's at plus 100 for the under. So I'm going to place a unit to win a unit on that. Yeah. Could Jason Tatum take another step? Uh, yeah, yeah, he could. Uh, and he's a fantastic player, you know, really great. So I just don't see them going over though. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't see that. I, I strongly disagree, but, um, that said, I was cheering for them in that, in that series against the Brooklyn Nets. And um, it was fun to see them win that game. I think that they really showed a lot of people um, that they have a lot of heart there. So maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, Evan Fournier is a kind of a tough loss. Uh, Kimball Walker is a tough loss on the offensive end. I do like the addition of Al Horford. Al Horford's going to be, I think, a big, a, a good addition for them. I don't know if it's going to mean that Robert Williams gets his time cut. Probably, right? You, you'd think that Al Horford starts and, and Robert Williams comes off the bench, right? I, I think they try and start him together. I don't think Robert really? Williams comes off the bench. I think he, him and Tatum have a really good rapport. Mm-hmm. If you look at their on-off numbers, um, I'm not going to pull them up. They they play really well together. I think they try and play play both of them together. I don't know that that works necessarily. I think Horford ends up coming off the bench eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think they're the young, hungry team that has something to prove they're not going to be getting everyone's best shot. And I I just I really believe in Tatum taking a leap. Uh Peyton Pritchard, I think, is a knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. If smart if and I don't I, I trust Smart to be a the starting point guard like I trust Pat Beverly to be the starting point guard four years ago. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna take spot up threes and he's gonna let Tatum and Brown be the initiators on offense. He, um, I remember Marcus Smart had quite. I, I won some money on him because I was betting his overs on threes and points uh, during the during the playoffs because he has had a crazy run in that playoffs. I'm trying to pull that up right now, but um, I remember he was really shooting it well, and he's not known as a shooter. Um, let's see, he had he was six for thirteen in game one for 46.2%, 6 for 13 again in game 2, 8 for 11 in game 3 at 73% he, almost. He's a very <laughs> he's a very capable shooter whenever mm-hmm. he's open. Mm-hmm. And especially in the playoffs, he they were helping off to try and stop Tatum or mm-hmm. you know, 2 years ago Brown also, but Marcus Smart I feel like a lot of the the hesitation on him is not it's people that haven't watched him in these last few years and his his decision making that he's made he also shoots almost 50 he shot 48.8 percent from the corner on threes last year that's the 86th percentile so if you can camp him there he can he can be a positive on offense and not get in the way of the people that i think need to be initiating for them to be a 50 win team I do. I mean, I like Marcus Smart. I just, um, I mean, I guess what you're doing is you're probably initiating your offense with Jace, Jason uh, Tatum more often than not, uh, or Jalen Brown. Um, so I guess he doesn't really need to be there to initiate the offense or create any shots. Like you say, he just needs to hit an open jumper. <clears throat> so I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a net negative, but I don't know. I think you're going from Kemba Walker uh, to, to him. I, I see, I see that as a drop off on the offensive side. Uh, do I see it as a drop off on the defensive side? No, I think I think it's a plus on the defensive side. Um, this something I I didn't know this until just now. I went to look up Marcus Smart's corner percentage, mm-hmm. and I just scrolled down to his playmaking. Is I'm on the B-ball index again, and this is comparing him to other point guards. When they look at all of the things they value in playmaking, they actually have him in the 90th percentile as a playmaker with an really? A grade, which is shocking to me. Wow. I want. Uh, my roommate wa- is a huge Celtics fan, so I watch uh, an inordinate amount of them. And I, I don't 
I think he's an above average playmaker. I was going to push back a little on that, but I, even I don't think he's that talented. But <laughs> I I think he I think he's capable of being the third man, kind of like the Bulls with Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I lost some money on uh, on betting some overs on his assists, so I'm a little pissed off. <laughs> but if you if you guys do want some access to uh, to my bets and Trey's bets and as well as some other uh, brilliant cappers over at Hoopball. Make sure you guys pick up that Hoopball wager pass. Uh, it's part of the Hoopball 360 bundle, um, and that's just $19.99 a month. If you guys play fantasy, if you play DFS, if you play, uh, if you you know need some betting advice, this bundle can't be beat, guys. These guys are the best in the business, and uh, you can get access to that for just $19.99 a month. Go to Hoopball.com, Hoop-Ball.com. Got to get my plug plug in there, Trey. But uh, no, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. I guess it's just I'm, a difference of opinion. You have the Hawks. You're high on the Hawks this year for them to finish, you know, near their ceiling. I think they finish more towards their floor, and I'm the opposite with the Celtics. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. So, uh, okay, moving on, we're gonna go do the um, Indiana Pacers at 42.5 for the over under. 42.5 for the over-under Pacers. They added um, Rick Carlisle, obviously the coach, uh, Chris, Dar- Chris Duarte, Torrey Craig, and Isaiah Jackson, and they lost Doug McDermott and Aaron Holiday. Um, so what do you think? Over-under, what do you, what do you got, where do you got the Pacers? I've got them under. I had them written in for 41 wins. I need to drop that a little with the news on Warren. Mm. And I, I – I think they're just running back a – they're the, the Atlanta Hawks back when they had Horford and Millsap and Josh Smith, only the league is better around them. And I, I think they're a really good team. They're going to get – they're going to beat the teams that they should beat. But I, I don't think they have the potential. And with their with the, the talent level rising, I just – I see them getting lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, you know, I'm looking at the squad, and and really, what I see is a bunch of above average players. I mean, you got Brogdon, um, you know, you've got Sabonis, you've got Miles Turner. They're they're above average players, but I don't see anybody significantly above the mean, if you know what I mean. Like, there's no real superstar on the team. Um, it's just a collection of really good players. Um, they do have Carlisle, uh, and I do like. You know, Carlisle is obviously a fantastic coach. Um, just to kind of recap for Carlisle, he took the 2001-2000 the, uh, Pistons to a 15-32 record when the previous season's record was 32-50, and 50, so he completely flipped their their win uh, total there. And then uh, that, they also had Clifford Robinson join that team, and John Barry joined the team as a six-man, so they had a couple players join as well. It wasn't just him. Uh, 2007-2008, Carlisle took the Mavericks to a 15-32 record. Previous season was 51-31, so he already had a good team there that he took over, but um, but obviously he didn't crap the bed. So. <laughs> no, and Carlisle is replacing a train wreck. Yeah. It was it was a one-year train wreck replacement. I lived in Indiana during mm-hmm. the last year of that oh, season, yeah. and, oh, it was a nightmare. He w- It was just terrible hire, terrible decision, and Carlisle will come in and right the ship. I just... Like I said, I had them at 41. I'm probably going to drop them down to like 39. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think they're the Indiana Pacers, and it's just kind of their average. Yeah, they are very average. This is really an average team. Uh, their record last year was 34 and 38. Adjusted record for 82 games would be about 39 and 43. So uh, you're dropping them. So you're basically saying that they're going to have just about the same. Um, I've got them under. I've got them slightly better. I've got them at 40 wins, <clears throat> but I still I still do have them under. Um, I think Carlisle does write the ship a little bit. Um, I think you know, I just don't see uh, you know who's who's your go-to guy at the end of the game. Is this a bonus? I mean, he, you know, he's above average, but he's not uh, a guy that I like to take a, a final shot. I mean, you've got Lavert. I, I like I love Lavert, but um, Sabonis. Watching the Pacers, Sabonis reminds me of a shorter Jokic, and yeah. That just what makes Jokic so effective is his height. So Sabonis being a shorter version, he's just he's just above average, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't uh, I don't see that. I mean, they were 14th in offensive rating and 14th in defensive rating last season. So and 16th in net rating. So exactly, pretty much exactly average. So um, I think that's about where they end up. Um, let me see where I have them. I wonder where I have them in my final standings. I have them at. Ninth, so that seems about right. They'll be in the playoff play-in game, uh, playing in against uh, some other teams we'll be talking about here. So, okay, well, I think we're pretty much in agreement there. Let's uh, move on to our final team and one that we are probably both pretty dang psyched about as a couple of Bulls fans, the Chicago Bulls, 
I put them at eighth in the points bet ratings because uh, I'm a little petty, but uh, they're tied with the Knicks in the points bet ratings, so I put them <laughs> above the Knicks. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. But, uh, I, would but say Bulls, we, I would say we both have the Bulls finishing better than the Knicks this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll talk about that some more. But, uh, yeah, Chicago Bulls, uh, the points bet has them at 41.5 for their over-under for win total. Um, they Obviously, they added Lonzo Ball. They added DeMar DeRozan. Added Caruso. Added uh, Ayo Dasunmu. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, added Marco Semenovic and uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Bradley. And they lost Thaddeus Young, which was a big loss. Um, Lori Markkinen, Sato, uh, Sadoransky, uh, Aminu, Tice, and some other names. Uh, Temple probably be Garrett Temple would probably be a, a good one to mention. So, uh, so they did lose some 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 guys there. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sad about Thad Young going. But yeah, uh, 41.5. Go ahead, lay it on me. What do you got? Over or under there? Over. I got them at 46 wins and fifth in the East. I had them at fourth. I had them winning 47 and Miami winning 46. And I was like, I, you can't do that. That's too much of a homer. Yeah. But I have them at fifth. I have them finishing better than Philly. And I have them at 46 wins comfortably over. Right. And I, I'll be a homer, too. I really do believe in the Bulls. I think they can pull off a 44 to 46 win season. Uh, I have them at 45 personally, and I have them at sixth in my rankings, uh, which is where consistent where I've been saying, uh, you know, anywhere that you can read me, <laughs> they, I've been saying the Bulls, will, I think they'll be a sixth place team, uh, which is which will be a good season. Um, you know, we're not going overboard here. We're not saying that they can win a championship. Uh, I think they have the ability to they have the the names and the star power to put up a 50 win season, but they have to get used to each other first. Um, a lot of these talking heads on these, on these shows, man, uh, bulls are pretty polarizing. Um, you know, a lot of them are going to say uh, the fit's not great, especially on defense. I mean, do you see it? What do you think? Is that, is that a valid criticism? I think Vucevic is a, an average defender. And when it comes to talking head shows, if you're not, if you're not good, you're bad. There, there's no average when it comes to defense, especially when it comes to post players. But he's consistently anchored average to above average defenses in Orlando. And while the defensive ability was a little bit better in Orlando, I think the Bulls are going to be one of the best offensive teams in the league. And when you score, when you get to score the basket and get your defense set, your defensive ability, it just gets to jump up a level. I think Zach showed in the Olympics that he is a very capable defender when he doesn't have to have such a high usage on offense and he doesn't have to expend all of his energy on that end, which he won't now. Mm-hmm. I think Lonzo, is, he has great size, and he's an above-average defender. I think DeRozan is going to be hidden on the least capable guy. And I think Patrick Williams is a quality guy to throw it at wings. And I think he that's going to be his focus. I like the defense a lot better than other people. But a lot of that is because I, I think Vucevic can handle hanging in the paint. And the rest of the guys, I think if you can get your defense set, they're, they're at least capable defenders. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and, and you, you hear a lot of talk about the fit. Uh, the fit. Oh my gosh, the fit's not great. I, I can't. I just don't understand. The fit last year wasn't great. If you looked at the bull yeah. last year, it was bad. <laughs> what I, I don't understand what they don't like about the fit. So there's no spe- no one's being specific about it. There's no so, there's no specific thing. So uh, I'm gonna I'll let you give your point, but let me just go ahead and say, you know, as far as the fit goes, I mean, you couldn't play Markin next to Vucevic. It just didn't work because Vucevic can only guard you know fives basically fives and fours. He can't switch. So you can't have – you have to have four guys that can switch, basically one through four. And I think they've got that now. Patrick Williams, DeMar DeRozan, uh, and Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think, you know, Zach Levine probably would struggle to, to guard some people uh, a little taller, a little bit more, a little bit stronger. Uh, Zach Levine has questionable off-ball defense. But like you said, uh, his time with Team USA, he pretty much – um, prove that he can be a ball hawk. So uh, I don't see the, how that, that fit doesn't work. And I'm going to read this tweet real quick by um, Chicago Bulls Talk, which is at Bulls Source on Twitter. Bulls have the worst defensive starting five, in quotation marks, it says. And then it go ahead and goes ahead and lists defensive real plus and minus stats. Lonzo Ball's at plus 1.27. Levine's at plus 0.65. DeRozan is at minus 0.10. But Patrick Williams is plus uh, 8.1, 0.81, and Vucevic is actually plus 1.33. So these stats, like it says, these stats aren't perfect, but 
Um, you can't really convince me that this team's going to be worse defensively. We get you're taking Kobe White out of a starting role, and you're taking Markkanen out, and you're adding DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. So go ahead. Right, and what the big thing for me, I guess, would be uh, a big power forward is what could punish punish the Bulls, right? Um, who has that? What what team is bringing out two bigs that the Bulls are going to have to worry about on a regular basis in the regular season? Mm-hmm. And if the if they're I've heard some murmurings about the fit on offense with bringing DeRozan in. To me, the way the NBA is played today. On offense, you can have one non-shooter and mm-hmm. surround him with shooters. Yep. DeRozan is the one non-shooter. Vucevic, yep. Vucevic is a great above-the-break three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball, Zach shoots from everywhere. Like The fit is there. I think people are just so used to shitting on the Bulls and it being <laughs> a joke a joke organization who mm-hmm. was was not well-run. Mm-hmm. And they're just it's taking a minute for the league to catch up. Yeah, I think, um, and I saw a stat yesterday on Twitter. Um, Zach Levine was was third in percentage uh, in three point shots, twenty seven feet or or, or or further. Um, Steph Curry was obviously number one, but uh, you know that kind of stuff. I mean, you've got shooters like you said everywhere. Uh, Demar Derozan isn't a three point shooter, but he's killer in the mid range. And if you watch some some footage of him, I mean, he still can play the pick and roll. He still destroys the pick and roll. Uh, I can't remember the exact stat, uh, but, you know, there it was something about plus minus off the pick and roll and he our points maybe scored off the pick and roll. And he was he was definitely up there. So it's not like he's totally inept. It's not like he's not a shooter. He just can't shoot from the three point range. He just doesn't shoot from the three point range. But you've got Levine, you've got Ball, you've got Vucevic and you've got Williams who all do. So it's not necessary. So, um. Hey, talking heads on, on other shows, please clarify what you mean by not a good fit, because I'm I'm struggling to find it here. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I'm, I'm in on the Bulls. I've got the over. I think I'm with you. They finish outside of the play-in, and they are a firm playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I would have put a, a unit down on them, but it's minus 140, so I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go to minus 140 for that. I, don't, I, I do feel strongly about it, but not that strongly. Um, I wish I would have gotten the line when it opened at points bet because it did open at 39.5 wins and I would have at any pretty much any odds put put a, a unit down there. So, but yeah, that is it, guys. That's going to do it for our first official episode of BSBP. And we hope you enjoyed our show. Wherever you're listening, please like and subscribe. And while you're there, hey, just leave us a little review. Tell us we're doing a good job or, or tell us we're not doing a good job. Let us know. Uh, We want to make the show better and better as we keep doing this. And uh, I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at at BSBP Keith. That's BSBP Keith. And Trey, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find you? I'm on Twitter at Final Finally. Perfect. And don't forget to follow the show, guys. It's on Twitter at at BSBP underscore NBA. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.